Good morning. This is Paul Monaghan, to TBS Global Wealth Management. It's 7 o'clock in the morning London time on Tuesday the 27th of June. The United States is offering May durable goods orders data today. The forecast range for these numbers is huge, and a number that comes in below consensus would not, in fact, be much of a surprise. Why look at the numbers at all, then? There are a few reasons for interest. Most importantly, the slowing of consumer demand for durable goods, which has pushed that part of the economy into outright deflation, may now be starting to stabilise somewhat. At any rate, the switch from spending on goods to spending on services, normalising after the post-pandemic boom in goods demand, seems likely to have run its course. Then there is the recent upturn in housing starts. People buying houses want goods to put in those houses. There's also a house price measure due out today. In the United Kingdom, the British Retail Consortium's shop price index showed a slowing of prices across the 500 products that are surveyed, with some deceleration in food price increases in particular. A little care is needed in translating this into official consumer price inflation. Supermarkets in the United Kingdom have been offering price discounts for loyalty card holders and lower prices for multiple purchases. The political focus on profit-led inflation may well be a motive here. These discounts lower the price paid by the consumer, but not the price recorded in the consumer price inflation calculation. It's not clear what approach the British Retail Consortium's shop price index takes to these sort of deals. What this sort of thing means is that the cost of living, at least as far as food prices are concerned, is actually lower than the consumer price inflation measure implies. Consumer price inflation is still a focus for policy, but consumers' spending power is driven by the cost of living. China's Premier Li was speaking at a World Economic Forum event, promising pragmatic measures to increase growth and declaring that growth was accelerating anyway. The data so far has not shown a great deal of acceleration in the second quarter, and the tendency has been for the private sector's forecasts to be revised lower for the year as a whole. Li also suggested that China would drive the global economic recovery. That, frankly, seems unlikely. There's a difference between contribution to global GDP, which, as a simple aggregation, gives China a significant weight, and driving global growth, where growth in one country causes growth in another. A feature of China's growth to date has been the relatively parochial nature of the drivers of demand. Spending on services, in any country, has limited international spillover, and it is service sector spending that has tended to dominate in China of late. Nonetheless, the commitment to growth has cheered financial markets in the region a little. There's a conference of central bankers going on at the moment in Sintra, which is doubtless a wild and raucous party, like Ibiza or Mykonos, only with debates about quantitative policy. It gives ECB President Lagarde an opportunity to speak again. It is unlikely that their comments will be watched too closely. There are a couple of Bank of England speakers, however, and as there is potentially more uncertainty about the direction of policy in the United Kingdom, those remarks are potentially more interesting to financial markets. That's all for today. Have a good day. 
UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at UBS.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.